baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the program. Um, There is a war going on out there, and you know it because you're in it. And they're fighting you. And the they that I'm referring to is the Biden administration, the Democrats, the federal government. They hate you. Now, we all remember back in the Obama administration, right? Now, we don't recall that fondly, but we do remember. And we try not to ever forget Remember when Obama and the IRS actually targeted conservative organizations that wanted to become tax-exempt, become a 501c3 or whatever, a nonprofit, and they would deny them Tea Party, Tea Party Patriots, Tea Party Patriots Action, the fundraising arm, denied tax-exempt status. So if you uh, made a donation to them, you couldn't write it off on your taxes. That's what the Obama administration did. And they targeted conservative groups. Well, no, I I haven't haven't had any scandals in my administration. But he had. There were plenty of scandals under the Obama administration, but he was the golden child and he could not and would not be touched by the mainstream media. Well, it's happening again. The Internal Revenue Service has established in recent years a reputation for having a bias against conservatives and Christians. And they support liberals and their causes. Remember, like I just said, all those Tea Party groups, Christian organizations got harassed by tax collectors when when Obama was, was president? Well, a report from Washington Times reveals U.S. Representative James Comer, the chief of the House Oversight Committee, is looking into the IRS for going easy on nonprofit liberal groups. The issue is they appear to be lobbying for their causes, engaging in politics when their status as a nonprofit actually forbids that. Now, that happens all the time. It's very common in Democrat circles. Hardly a week goes by without a Democrat politician taking the pulpit of some leftist church and promoting his or her political agenda. I mean, we saw that at the, um, remember it was the, Joe Biden spoke at that AME church. Which one was that? I, I know he spoke down in Charleston at Mother Emanuel, but there was another Big Bethel, Big Bethel AME church. Joe Biden talking politics. Same thing down in Charleston. We see it all the time. Fannie Willis, who is on the stand right now as we speak. Attacking President Trump, spoke at a church promoting her agenda, blasting Trump. The report noted uh, Comer specifically raised questions about One Fair Wage, Inc., an organization that demands higher wages for workers. That group in court documents has admitted that it does a lot of lobbying and advocacy, even though the IRS supposedly puts limits on such activities. Now, if this was a conservative group, oh boy, they would have had their... 
tax-exempt status yanked from them in no time. Let's go to Eddie in Greenville. He wants to talk about illegal immigrants. Eddie, welcome to the program. Hey, Charlie. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to refer back to your opening uh, monologue about McMaster not knowing anything about what's going on in the uh, state about illegal immigrants. Yeah. Where I live, I've noticed the last two years uh, the population of illegal immigrants has doubled. And I know some of the areas that they're living in. And I, and listen, some of the deputies from Hobart Lewis' staff are aware of it. Yeah. Uh, but I've followed buses to and from White Horse Road many a times, dropping off uh, immigrants and being picked up by different individuals. And you see them change clothes in the parking lot. They yeah. come in looking rough and get fresh clothes uh, and get in the vehicle and leave. And it's like, and McMaster, I've commented his office several times to no avail. Is he even responded back? Or I've heard anything back from those guys. Uh, and it's very frustrating to know that, but I know they're getting uh, monies and things from the state. Uh, from what I've been told, there's some monies that are in the state that these guys are taking advantage of from the Medicaid standpoint and other uh. EBT uh, financials that we, as citizens of America and South Carolina, do not have access to. It's frustrating. It is. It is. And Sheriff Hobart Lewis does know this is going on. Eddie, I appreciate you calling in, buddy. So we were at the um, Greenville Patriot Caucus the other night, and somebody asked that question about buses coming into the upstate. And uh, Sheriff Hobart Lewis addressed this. Let me just play for you this clip. This is from that meeting the other night. Here we go. Does that affect us in Greenville County? Are we getting the bus loads people dropped off here? Yes. Um, so twice a week here in Greenville, usually on a Monday or Thursday or a Tuesday and Thursday, you have a bus uh, drop off, depending on how many people are on it, at the Raceway gas station, 385 and 85, and in Marietta on 276 at the Sphinx uh, up there. It's an unmarked bus, pretty dirty, it's been on the road for a while, it comes out of Brownsville, Texas. Most people pay about $400 per seat to be on that bus. It makes numerous stops. Uh, and along the way, they get to decide where they're getting off of that bus. Uh, what we found in the parking lots are a lot of times contractors who pick up these workers or make them workers, give them some clothes, put them in the truck. Um, they have a person that may own a mobile home park or an apartment or whatever the case may be. They take them, find them housing, and put them to work, usually in the construction business. Obviously, uh, as spring comes, produce, those things pick up. Uh, we do have a, a huge issue. Uh, you do have a, uh, a house member that is working diligently with law enforcement and has asked for our opinion, and he is standing right back there. His name is Thomas Beach. Uh, so Thomas Beach was the guy who not long ago um, posted a, a video of those buses over on Whitehorse Road. And that was when, it, uh, and listen, I know you guys have been knowing about these buses and, and been talking about these buses for a long time. And I always get these texts, oh, the Charlie, this has been happening for decades now. Listen, right now is, this is when it's dangerous because it used to be, it used to be, the old paradigm used to be in play. You got somebody that was coming here just to try to make a better life. And we've still got some of those people. But we've also got some very bad actors in these groups that are coming here wanting to do this country harm. 
In fact, we're 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 seeing a lot of them. We've got we've got Russians cr- coming through our southern and northern border. By the way, we've got Chinese coming through our southern border, through the Darien Gap. They've got uh, apps that show them how to go, who to contact, and the only people that are benefiting. Well, there's two people that are benefiting from this. Number one, the cartels. The cartels are making money hand over fist. Folks, if the cartels were traded publicly, they would be a Fortune 500 company. They would be. They're benefiting from it, and the Democrats are very soon going to be benefiting from it because they're going to try to give these people voting privileges. Oh, Charlie, no, they're already doing it. They're already doing it. They're already calling for illegal aliens to vote in municipal and county elections. They're giving them the vote. Pretty soon it's going to be state elections. And then they're going to try to go national. Oh, and, and you know, and that's why that's why we've got to have some we've got to have voter ID in this country. That's got to be in all 50 states, but the Democrats don't want it. And you have to ask yourself why. That's why. Because ultimately, they want illegal aliens to vote in our elections because they feel like that's the only way they can win. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, Fannie Willis on the stand, and it is not going good for her today. At least if you listen to the folks at MSNBC. You're watching MSNBC's special coverage of the trials of Donald Trump. You were just listening to a hearing in Fulton County, Georgia, this hearing to determine whether D.A. Fannie Willis and lead prosecutor Nathan Wade should be disqualified. On the stand just now, Robin Nierty, she managed public relations at the D.A.'s office. And joining us now, Charles Coleman, civil rights attorney, Caroline Polisi, federal and white-collar defense attorney, uh, and uh, senior FBI official, and, of course, a former U.S. attorney, Chuck Rosenberg, who's going to be with us in just a, a minute. But, Caroline, I just we've all been watching this, and it's, it's so legalistic-centric and yet so important and fascinating. Right. Don't let the legalese fool you. This is epic. This is monumental. If things are going in the direction we think... Uh, Fonnie Willis lied to the court. It's game over for her. She will be disqualified. Uh And good. She deserves it. So she had initially fought the subpoena. She contested the subpoena to appear at this uh, hearing. But as she was sitting there this morning, probably in her fuzzy slippers, um, she saw that things weren't going well. So she got up, put on her best pink dress, Didn't have a whole lot of time to do her hair, but she went into this hearing VPL ablazing. And guys, if you don't know what a VPL is, ask your wife. 
and she plops down in the in in, in the uh, right there in the witness seat on the stand and says, basically, I'm here. I'm let's testify, right? Now, one of the things that really got her was about the relationship with Nathan Wade when one of her friends, a close associate, said that it started in 2019. For what personal and romantic is later. When I ask you personal, do you take that to mean romantic? Yes. And do you understand it? that their relationship began in 2019 and continued until the last time you spoke with her. Yes. Now, this is a direct contradiction to the testimony that Fannie Willis gave about her relationship with Nathan Wade. But listen, she doesn't even want to be questioned about it because it is, well, we'll let her tell you. Isn't it true that you met Mr. Wade October... <laughs> 2019, well, I'm gonna, judges conference. He hasn't gotten to the point where Ms. Willis should be treated hostile in this situation. I think we well, I very Mr. much Willis. want to be here, so I'm not a hostile witness. I very much want to be it's here. not so much that you're hostile, Ms. Willis. It'd be an adverse witness. Your interests are opposed to Ms. Merchant's. Thank Ms. You. Merchant's interests are, per, are contra- contrary to democracy, Your Honor, not to mine. All right, let's proceed. Just, just asking her questions. Just asking her questions about her relationship with a guy that she wildly overpaid for his position with federal funds, by the way. This guy who took her on lavish vacations, took her to resorts, took her to cruises, took her out to fancy dinners. That's contrary to democracy. You know, you know what? You know who is actually contrary to so-called democracy? She is. She's contrary to it. So she was on the stand earlier and she was talking about how she reimbursed, uh, reimbursed Nathan Wade for all of this stuff. Everything that he paid for, she reimbursed him. At one point saying that she, he took her on a cruise and she reimbursed him, her words, 50 big. 50 big. I mean, $50,000. Now, the district attorney in the state of Georgia for Fulton County only makes a little over a hundred grand a year. So you're going to tell me that she went on a cruise and reimbursed this guy with half of her yearly salary? And by the way, she also said she kept a lot of cash at her house. So she reimbursed everything that he bought with cash. So there's no paper trail there. No paper trail. But Fannie Willis, big Fannie got mad on the stand today. She got big mad. Do you direct deposit, I assume? Yes, Fulton okay. County and the uh, state of Georgia both pay me direct deposits. Okay, so the cash that you would pay him, you wouldn't get it out of the bank? I have money in my house. You have money in your house. So it was just money that was there. When you meet my father, he's going to tell you as a woman, you should always have, which I don't have, so let's don't tell him that. You should have at least six months in cash at your house at all times. Now, I don't know why this old black man feels like that, but he does. When we were growing up, my daddy had three safes in the house. So my father's bought me a lockbox, and I always keep cash in the house. Now, I don't do it to the degree that my father would do it, so he would probably be uh, ashamed with me, but I always have cash at the house. That has been, I don't know, all my life 
if you're a woman and you go on a date with a man, you better have $200 in your pocket. So if that man acts up, you can go where you want to go. So I keep cash in my house. And I don't keep cash as good in my purse like I used to. Um, I don't go on many dates. But when you go on a date, you should have cash in your pocket. So my question was, where did that cash originally come from? If it didn't cash come out of the bank. Cash is uh, fungible. We've had cash for years in my house. So for me to tell you the source of when it comes from, when you go to Publix and you buy something, you get $50, you throw it in there. When It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like, what? to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today as I would normally have, but I'm building back up now. So you just put money in. It's a very good practice. I would advise it to all women. So you can't identify when you came into this cash or where the cash came from? I didn't say I couldn't identify it. No, nobody gives me anything. I am sure that the source of the money is always the work, sweat, and tears of me. Oh, yeah, whatever. Oh, this woman. Did she just say she kept cash from her campaign? Did Fannie Willis just say she kept cash from her campaign for personal use? Is that what she just said? Somebody called Merrick Garland. Somebody call Merrick Garland. We've got another case to be investigated. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Let's go to the carpro.com talk line 800-905-0989. We'll talk to Will in Punkintown. Will, how's it going, my buddy? It's going good, Charlie. How are you doing this evening? Really good, really good. What's up? Yeah, I think somebody needs to get a hold of the transcript of this when it's done. Yeah. Because she openly admitted under oath that she saved funds for her campaign in her cash box. That's what it sounded like. Now, I don't know if what she said was that she took out a loan. Maybe she meant she took out a loan for her campaign and put some of that money aside or whatever. But uh, but she did say that, yeah. Yep, somebody needs to get a hold of a transcript and yeah. criminal charges. I'd say so you that's what, illegal. you're right. You're right. Well, she's already lied to the courts anyway when she talked about how uh, when her relationship with Nathan Wade started and her one of her best friends, uh, according to Fannie Willis, uh, betrayed their friendship. So we're going to see how this thing plays out, Will. I appreciate it, buddy. Let's go back and listen to what Fannie Willis said about that money from the campaign. It's been my whole life. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. When I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some cash on that. Now, again, I don't know if that means she went to the bank, she got a loan for her campaign, and then paid it back with campaign funds. I don't know. But it sure did sound like a strange thing to say. And these are the people that are trying to put Donald Trump away for election interference. You, oh, my goodness. You want to talk about uh, probably the ultimate conflict of interest going on here. We're seeing it right there before your very eyes. Charlie, it doesn't matter what she meant to say. She testified. You're exactly right. There you go. Uh, Charlie, Fanny said that she wa- she paid her friend when she paid rent through a cash app or Venmo because that's convenient. If I was an attorney, I would have asked why you didn't pay him the same way instead of cash. They couldn't be traced. That's a good question. Good night. This w- 
What a complicated life this woman is leading, isn't it? Is your life this complicated? And and what type of mentality? Well, I'll tell you the type of mentality that it takes for women to keep that much cash in their house. I'll tell you what type of it. It takes a victim mentality. I guess her father, because she said her daddy taught her this, I guess her father taught her to be a victim while pretending to teach her not to be a victim. So, I don't know. It's just, ah. But this case is falling apart. Even MSNBC admitted on the air today that this woman lied to the court. That should be where it ended. The moment we found out that Fannie Willis lied to the courts about her relationship with Nathan Wade, it should have been gaveled down. You are removed from this case. That's when that's exactly when it should have happened. Because if she lied about that, what else has she lied about? What else has this woman lied about as far as Donald Trump is concerned? Oh, and, and let me ask you this also. Now, this is the same woman that fired a whistleblower. Because one of the department, one of the uh, departments under her, they were taking COVID funds, and they were using it on transportation. They were using it on uh, swag, like drinking cups and hand, well, you know, carry bags and whatever you know, whatever swag is these days. That's what they were buying. And the whistleblower said, no, you can't. These funds are earmarked for, for, for this program. You cannot do that. Well, they said, forget about that. And then they took the woman and they transferred her to another department. And she went to Fannie Willis and she said, hey, look, look at what's going on here. And they fired her. They fired a whistleblower. Charlie, I'm listening to the judge. He's corrupt and in on it. Well, if he's a Democrat... You're right. Charlie, it's just been one lie to cover that lie and then another lie and then another lie. And that's exactly the, the, the way it is. The, you know the thing about the truth? It's easy to remember. It's easy to remember the truth. You don't have to, you don't have to keep up with anything. It's a lot easier. Um, and say, Charlie, the IRS would demand proof of Fannie Willis's cash trail and payment. I would like to see that. If we had a just IRS, which we all know we don't, Charlie, um, Mr. Wade should have been barred from the uh, for the inconsistencies in sworn testimony in both his divorce. Oh, yes. Yes. Charlie Fanny's daddy was a Black Panther. Enough said victims. Yeah, you're right. He was. He was a Black Panther. Good gracious. But again. So. uh, So what about removing, and I don't even know if this has been done, what about removing Nathan Wade from his position in this case? What about getting rid of that guy? So here's what needs to do. Here's what needs to happen. Everybody in the DA's office there in Fulton County needs to be investigated, obviously. Obviously. Everybody needs to be investigated. Fannie Willis, Nathan Wade, the RICO lawyer that they hired that she only paid half as much as Nathan Wade. So I'm just <laughs> uh, just sitting here watching, 
sitting here watching this thing fall apart. Charlie, did Fannie pay taxes on all that cash? That's another good question. I would love to know. Did she pay taxes on the cash that was unreported by the IRS to the IRS? Anyway, Charlie, what's the difference in her saying she put cash in a box and Trump saying go peacefully march? They're trying to put him on trial and away for what he said. You're exactly right. Exactly. Charlie, oh, what a web we weave when at first we practice to deceive. Yes, yes. Ah, I'm telling you. All of these. And what about disbarment? That's a good question, 169. She should be disbarred. She lied to the courts. You can't trust her ever again as a lawyer. You, can't, you certainly can't trust her as a district attorney. How many, how many other clients has she lied about and for? Charlie, investigate that entire office. Fulton County Attorney General needs to audit the office. I agree. I, I agree. Well, heck, Ben Raffesberger, Raffesberger, Brian Kemp. Now, Brian Kemp has said he's not going to open an investigation into Fannie Willis. Maybe now, maybe today, today's testimony, maybe today's testimony will actually convince Brian Brian Kemp, to open up an investigation against Fannie Willis. Will it? No, 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 it won't. Because we all know exactly what cloth he has cut from there in the state of Georgia. Unbelievable. It really is. All right, we're going to get out. Well, not going to get out of here. We're going to take a quick break. And then we'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. The Democrats always talk about what they're going to do to help you and what they actually turn out and do is they actually help the criminals. We know that Democrats love crime. Uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre the other day there at the White House was blaming Republicans. I, I just I'm sitting here listening to her to say that talking about how it's the Republicans fault. That we have high crimes in, in Democrat run cities like Washington, D.C., we had several cops that were shot the other day in, in, in D.C. Then we had, uh, and then we had the shooting in Kansas City at the Kansas City Chiefs celebration. That was gang-related. It was, it was some gang members that had a beef with somebody. One person dead, many people shot in that. But how is, uh, in what way? That's a heck of a stretch there to blame Republicans for something like that in Democrat run Kansas City, Democrat-run Washington, D.C., Democrat-run Chicago. They are so concerned about their citizens in Chicago. You know what they've got? They've got a uh, gunshot detection system, gunfire detection system. What this thing is, it's, uh, it's specifically, it's like it's got microphones all over the place. And what happens is, when the frequency of a gunshot, and I don't know what kind of algorithm they use or anything like that, but when it detects the frequency of a gunshot, and a lot of times it can, you know, detect the difference between maybe a motorcycle backfiring and a gunshot and all of that. But it will point the cameras to that direction immediately. It knows what direction it comes. It's a pretty interesting piece of technology. So 
gunshot is detected, the cameras all turn to that area. Well, in Chicago, they are not renewing the shot spotter gunfire detection contract. They are doing away with it, ladies and gentlemen. They're doing it. And why do you think this is? Why do you think they're doing away with the shot detector technology in Chicago? Is it because it's inaccurate? No, that's not it. Is it, is it too many false positives, if you will? No, no, that's not it. That's not it. Oh, now this thing, they've spent $49 million on this thing since 2018. And they're doing away with it because the new mayor of Chicago says that it unfairly, unfairly, um, targets communities of color. It unfairly targets communities of color. So they're doing away with it. Saw so you folks in communities of color when people are there shooting in your neighborhood. Well, good luck. Good luck to you. That's what you voted for. Sorry. Sorry, it's got to be that way. But that's that's the way the Democrats are. They don't care. In fact, there was an, I don't know if you guys have seen, seen this. I, just, I saw it one time. It's the only time I've seen it. But there was, um, it was kind of a commercial. I don't know where it ran. I don't know if it ran on network television or anything like that. But it was a commercial, and it had a bunch of African-Americans playing pool. And they were in a, they were in a pool hall. And they were talking about crime. And one of the per, one of the people said, the literally said this, the best way to reduce the crime rates. I'm not even making this up. The best way to reduce the crime rate is to change the definition of what a crime is. Oh, oh, oh! I got it. And guess who's in that commercial? The Reverend. Al Sharpton is right there playing pool, talking about how they just need to change the definition of crime. And when you change the definition of crime, crime goes down. <laughs> Literally, that's the answer. That's what they, they want to decriminalize the criminals. When I, when I say, and I mean it, when I say that the Democrats love criminals and the Democrats love crime, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Instead of instead of saying something like, you know what? They, yeah, they, and I'll tell you just a little aside here. Uh, people always say, you know, the United States incarcerates a greater percentage of its population um, more, than, more than any other uh, industrialized country. You know what I say to that? Good. Good. We're taking bad guys off the streets every single day. But that's something the Democrats don't want to do. They want to bow down to the bad guys. They want to make things that are criminal not criminal anymore. And that's it's not going out and stopping crime. It's not going out and stopping the criminals. It's not taking them off the streets. All you got to do is change the definition of what a criminal is. How about that? The first Black Lives Matter, first Black Lives Matter rally that I ever, ever saw I just happened upon it. It was Marion Square down in Charleston. 
big banner there, Black Lives Matter. And I, that was, I hadn't even heard the, the, uh, the phrase before. And I got pictures of this. Um, so my wife and I, I was like, well, well, let's go see what's going on here. So we walk over, and they're talking about um, over-policing communities. Over-policing communities. And we've got to stop over-policing communities. And I, was th- I looked at my wife and I said, I want mine over-policed. I said, I want to live in an over-policed community. Because where we used to live, right there on Calhoun Street, um, there used to be a cop every morning parked outside of our door. Now, this is a guy probably getting close to get off his shift, doing some paperwork, sitting there, got his interior light on. But he was in front of my house every single morning. And you know what? When I, didn't, I didn't walk out and think, oh, oh, I'm being over-policed. You know what I walked out and thought? Ain't nobody breaking in right now. Ain't no shenanigans going on around here. I was thankful that that cop was there just about every single morning. I'd always look out the front window. There he is. We lived up on the uh, second floor, but it was actually the third floor because we had a basement. It was a great place. really, really was. So anyway... Over-policing communities. Now they're looking at not policing them at all. Well, that'll make things safer. We'll be right back. It's the Charlie James Show. News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 